Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. All right, it's kind of a... I'm just going to get started. Uh, missional life, that's what we're talking about. Our missional life is pretty much like a marathon. We are called to last an entire lifetime in this race. We are not called to be on the sidelines watching the other run. And we are not called to just run, run, run and burn out and become exhausted and bitter. Uh, We're going to look at that. Who in here has ever run a marathon? All right. <laughs> Who in here will never, ever, under any circumstance, ever run a marathon? <laughs> All right. You are outnumbered, so it's almost like a scientific thing. It's not a good thing with marathons. Anyway, I stick to my 5Ks, com- comfortable 5Ks in the morning when I run. And it's basically just a excuse to get 25, 30 minutes to just dive into my music, to just being consumed by loud, obscure, angry, heavy metal Christian music. (laughs) That's kind of what I... It does something to you when you start the day and just someone screams into your head like, Jesus loves you! It's like, it does something to you before breakfast and before work. You just kind of Scared straight in a good way. So if I were to run a marathon, I would need help. And I know that, and I've Googled this on the World Wide Web, so everything I say now is true. And I know that to kind of, if you're a first-time runner of a marathon, you need help. And a lot of people training for marathons, not all, all people, but you would, you would try to train with what way what they would call a pace setter, a person whose job is to kind of, from where you are physically, like what you are able to, and that person runs with you and kind of keep the pace that you are supposed to run to make your race. Um, I think some competition, they have that, and some places where you practice, you have that. It would be unwise to... Just run on your own feeling. If you never run a marathon before, just go for it. You will be exhausted and you will, you will fall or you will be, it wouldn't work. And it would not be super wise to align yourself with a pace setter that has too quick pace for you. You would not last in the long run. It wouldn't be wise to align with someone with a much slower pace that you're able to, because then you wouldn't be able to kind of meet your potential. So it's a pace setter in a marathon. It's someone outside of you who you look to and sets the pace for you so you are able to finish the race. If you have any more questions about marathon, talk to me afterwards because I'm clearly an expert. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul in the Bible, he ran his race really well. And when he described in 1 Colossians, he, when he described his labor, what he did for the church. 
the mission he was like to get the gospel to the Gentile, how he poured himself out for the church and that we will see Christ, the glory and everything. He says in Colossians 1.28, he described his pace, I would say, his race. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we might present everyone fully mature in Christ. He kind of described his mission, his race. To this end, I strenuously contend. So he's quite active. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerful works in me. He worked. He was active. He was engaged. He poured himself out. But he did it in the pace and in the strength of the Holy Spirit in him. The energy he used to do this work was not his own, was not his willpower or his feeling that something needs to be done. It was the, the strength and grace of God in him. He explains it a little bit easier to the church of Galatia in Galatians 5.25. He says it's like this. Since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's something we will look at a little bit later, but that's how he explains it. And there is a pace and there is a rhythm for you. There's a race for you that you are supposed to run. Our lives is a race, isn't it? You are called to run your race. There's a specific race, specific dreams over your life, specific gifts, personality for your life that are designed for you, which makes it quite, uh, I, I don't want to say, it just makes it so weird when we then compare ourselves to everyone, because you are meant for a race. When I finish this life and I pass over, I will not be asked Shetel, did you run Matthew's race well? I will not be asked that. Or did you run Gladys' race well? Or did you run Moses' life well? It's like the three most holy names I could come up with. <laughs> I will be asked, Shetel, did you run your race well? That's a huge thing. If you can catch that, there's extremely freedom in that. Believe me, freedom and joy in that. So, we are first-time marathon runners in a way, because we have never lived this life before. This is our first chance. And we have challenges in our society. We talk about mission, talking about making a change and impacting this world. We live in a society with overload of information, overload of news, choices, teachings, podcasts, examples, needs. There's endless needs and endless choices for us to take. And all these calls out for our attention to follow and to go for. They want to set our pace, pace setters. So the question every one of us in this room needs to be asking ourselves is, how do I pour myself out, engage for something that really matters without burning out? 
We're going to look at that today. I'm going to just suggest keep that image of that pace setter in your mind. But I'm going to suggest that there are three kind of paces that we often align, that we can align ourselves with. First one we will call fatal pace. The second one, complacent pace. Then we will end up looking at sacred pace that we are called to. So let's just jump into fatal pace. And be open, be relaxed and open and let the Holy Spirit work And as we listen to this. Is there anything here you can, ah, I see myself in that. Oh. Fatal pace is when we run, we are running after something at a speed so fast that we cannot sustain it in the long run. The motive for fatal pace, just run this fast, is often efficiency, control, as a response to, to just being overwhelmed by the demands and needs of life. We can often react to that feeling of being overwhelmed by taking on a posture of just do more, try harder, just push through. And often, even in society, people kind of admire that and like, wow, you are so strong. You are able to do so much. But we kind of get caught up in that. We seem to internalize a mentality of urgency to secure for ourselves the things that we need in order to win or to, to get things done. Jesus addresses this. We're going to look at a Matthew 6, 31. Well, he's, you know this, and he says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Then he says, For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need this. Pagans, that's like, you don't use that word all the time every day, but... It's a description of people who simply put, who worship another God, not the true God. And he mentions something that I would call pagan pace. They, he, he, Jesus says, they are running after. They, he, he kind of gives this an example, like running after. That's not just thinking about or being consumed. It's like they actively run to secure things they need. Run after, try to control, um, trying to secure something that the Father already knows. There's a pace that He already knows what we need. But He used this as an example. They just run, try to secure. Your Father knows that you need this. He's kind of, I feel like He is describing kind of stress that a lot of us could relate to. But the fruit of living at a fatal pace, out of drivenness, or meeting needs even, rather than feeling a divine God has told me to do this now, could definitely be lead to a burned out or, or depleted and, and stressed life in the long run. Because we look around and we live in a world with extreme need for help. Mental health, spiritual help, salvation, healing, rest, love, 
humanitarian, economic, we see that, we live in that. We have this light, we have this message, and we have tasted the goodness of God. People who keep running at a fatal pace often are quite similar to people in this room, in this church, kind of church. People who want to change the world, that are passionate. That's actually, I'm just, yeah. And I want to quote a guy called Thomas Merton. He was a monk, poet, and a writer. The coolest titles, I think. Monk, poet, and a writer. He puts it in this way. We are still talking about fatal pace. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything, is to succumb to violence. Violence is a harsh word. We do not want to be violent toward ourselves or others. But we must be aware of the formative power of living or running at a fatal pace. Always busy. Always the next thing. Never breathing. And also here we see the needs and we feel the needs of those around us. And we are overwhelmed and we try to keep up. Our bodies will even scream out to us, like, hey, stop this. You know, our physical bodies are created, designed by God. So they are beautifully designed, and we should listen to them. Running at a fatal pace, stressing all the time, the brain starts to kind of mix things up, start to forget things. Difficult to kind of, ah, what's, I can't think about this right now, and... You know, it affects the immune system with pains and the the physical body screams out sometimes, hey, you're running too fast for too long. You are not created to run that long. You are created to sometimes go all in and be stressed, but not as a pace for a long run. Jesus says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul, he says. And it is possible to undertake for us the most sacrificial acts imaginable for other people and still not please God. To give away all your goods, your own life too, and come to nothing in God's eyes. It is possible to be seen by the world and the church as the greatest philanthropist or the most devoted martyr. And still not please God. Why? Because what pleases God is walking by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. Bearing fruit by the Spirit. That's keeping in step with the Spirit. We see leaders, we see Christian leaders collapsing under the weight of of ministry. I have lots of friends where I started out like, whoa, I want to say let's say 20 years ago, started out with mission, changing the world, taking on the world, that started to run amazingly, but burned out, even took a step back. I don't want anything to do with this. Because they were just going on their own fatal pace, did not learn the rhythms of grace. 
And we might think that if that's our default pace, the fatal pace, we might think we need a holiday, a sabbatical, and a timeout. And I am always positive to that. Yes, 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 sabbatical, timeout, do it. But I want to say this, time off will not cure you when the problem is how you spend your time on. I want to like do a mic drop, but I have more things to say. <laughs> so imagine a mic drop. <laughs> time off will not cure you when the problem is how you spend your time on. So we looked at the first pace that we tend to align ourselves with in the long run, fatal pace. Let's look at the other one I want to suggest, complacent pace. That's kind of the other side of the scale. Often as a reaction to the pace we just looked at, as an overreaction to fatal pace, we step all the way back and we just want to take it easy and be comfortable, especially if you have been hurt or burnt by maybe the first pace. But we kind of take it all the way, which is like almost like mentally checking out of the race. Like, I will not engage. I will not take on responsibility. I will just seek comfort, and I want to keep what I have to myself. It's almost like a parable in that, to keep what I have to myself. And I decide the balance of my life. I don't want to be challenged. I don't, I don't want to have to step out of my comfort zone. And there might be several reasons for that. And we're not going into that. I'm just mentioning this as that, that is a pace we can align ourselves. You see the overwhelming needs and demands of the world. And where someone in a fatal pace would just, without boundaries, drop everything and just throw themselves into the need. Someone with a tendency to complacent pace would just kind of escape, take a step back. This is too much. I can't engage with this. It's a counter-reaction to the fatal pace of always striving. And somehow, if that's me, I become the one setting the pace. I want to be in control of the balance. And even that demand of balance might even become like an idol, something that's more important than anything. The challenge with the complacent pace as a response is that we lose something else, don't we? We lose the adventure, the purpose, the meaning that comes from hard work, responsibility, creativity, adventurous thing to see God taking part of something through us. We lose that. John Orthberg Earth, says, I don't, I don't think I have that there, but it's, it lacks the notion that my life is to be given to something bigger than myself. It lacks the call to sacrifice and self-denial, the wild, risky, costly, adventurous abandon of following Jesus. If, if I just control and step all the way back. There's a quote, I don't know who said this, so I will just have it on the, in the back and pretend it's my own. It's... That challenges me in this. Love is being willing to have your life complicated by the needs and struggles of others. 
to challenge that complacent pace where I am in control. So, running the race in fatal pace leads, could lead to burnout, bitterness, stress. Running the race in complacent pace could definitely lead to boredom, escapism. Like, I just fill my life with whatever I want. And, the, and, and, and normal life, not in a good way. Kind of a, we are not called to have normal gray lives, but that kind of, we just kind of, ah. I know both. I know how it feels firsthand to, f to run that fatal pace and just feel like the salvation of the world is on my shoulders. I have been even here in Malmö on the streets trying to reach people and see some people walk past and I felt like this person is getting lost because I didn't speak to him. I know how that feels like to be consumed by that need. And I also know how it feels to be pouring myself into things that God actually didn't ask me to do. I just, and the exhaustion that comes with that. I know how it also really well, how it feels to just sit back, not being interesting or willing to being challenged by God, and just find my own comfort. I am extremely good at comfort. If there's a default that I need to be aware of, it's comfort. Um, that's my kind of... But I also know firsthand, just this last week, how it is to align with a pace setter outside of me, the Holy Spirit. When he sometimes says, hey, stop a little bit, just be still. Don't stress, rest. And when he also say, hey... Take this step now. Talk to that person or give of your time. And I know how that feels like when God works through that. And like, did that happen? Was I a part of this? So the question is, to kind of still a little bit before God and just God what do you call me to do so we can avoid burned out on one side we can avoid apathy on the other side if to listening to the spirit and living at the pace he sets for us which leads us to the last thing I want us to look at the third pace setter and God I just ask you right now to just fill our hearts and fill this room with your spirit as we look at this sacred pace Sacred pace is the missing key. It would be something like walking and working with God under the leading of the Spirit, following His pace and His initiative. And the question we ask ourselves in that, what pace is the Spirit calling me to live in right now? For my life, but also in this situation, what is the pace the Holy Spirit is calling me to live right now? And how do I align my days and weeks with that? So we are able to live and enjoy a mission in life for the entire life. To enjoy, that's the point. It's not a, oh, we are we're actually supposed to live and enjoy that race. And Paul, like I said, he described, I work throughout out of his strength. And when he says, we're going to go back to that, 
Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's what sacred pace is all about. Keeping in step could mean, could be said like to be in agreement with. I'm going to give you a very deep thing on that. To be in agreement with someone, you need to stop your own thoughts. Not just wait for, wow, what am I going to say? You need to stop long enough so you listen to that person. You even need to understand what that person is saying. Then you can agree with it. So keeping in step with the Spirit could also be said like to be in agreement with. Maybe not fill yourself with too much great teachings. Maybe seek sometimes the stillness. What is he saying? So I can agree. <laughs> it could also be translated or says like the same speed as the Spirit, not running too fast, not holding back. Same pace, follow the same rhythm. There is a rhythm for your life. There are deeds, works, amazing things that you are supposed to step into. Already waiting for you. God knows when, where, and how. And there are also things that you maybe could stop doing that he didn't ask you to do. Wait, listen, and go. We're not talking about a technique or a formula. We're talking about a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Freedom and joy in that. And let's look at Jesus like Hebrew 12. Let us run with perseverance. That's basically what we're talking about. With a pace that works. Let's run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. I'm going to take a little bit of time just looking at Jesus for a while. Mission is not just the message of Jesus. It is the way of Jesus. Jesus was not in a hurry. He was not overwhelmed when we look at him in the, in the Gospels. He didn't try to solve every problem and he healed every sickness. He only did what he saw the Father doing, John 5:19. He was the savior of the world, but he still had time for people. He was neither complacent or disengaged. But also, he was not running around in a fatal pace that he could not sustain. And this is what makes Jesus so compelling to look at. He lived freely. He did what the Father told him. He would spend an entire night healing a whole village, healing everyone. And he wouldn't wake up the next morning when everyone was like, wow, it's happening. The revival is here. And uh, he would wake up and just withdraw Take some time alone when no one knew where he was and just spend it in stillness with God. People were like, wow, what's going on? And then he would just decide, oh, let's go to another city instead. Let's go here. And people were, what are you doing? This is happening. He was following another rhythm, another pace. He walked by his father's pace. He did not respond to everything all the time. He even disappointed people. And I lead the EHS group, one of them. In one of the sessions, we actually look at the long list of people that, were, that Jesus disappointed. <laughs> like, hey, you should do this. You should be this. You should. 
we cannot go through the list because he didn't respond to everything all the time. So why should we always live at a fatal place? The story of Lazarus, Jesus' friends, they were desperate and waiting for him to come and heal Lazarus. Martha and Martha's brother Lazarus. Jesus loved Mary and Martha. They were desperate waiting. When Jesus got the word, he chose to just stay two more days, as we know. He did not rush. He did his thing in his temple. They were extremely stressed. And it was hard for them. But Jesus, even when he died, Lazarus, he did not rush. He did his thing in his pace. He was following someone else's rhythm, not the expectation. His father. And they were like, ah, if you were here. And I also want to say this. God, when it comes to that miracles, God is not bound by our conception of time. He doesn't work in our timeline. He is like outside of that. Um, and I talked to Samar, my wife, she always says smart things. I say it sometimes, but she always says so, smart things. She pointed out that we, when we read this story, we have the whole story. So yeah, we can see, oh, they are stressed. Jesus is waiting, but we also know that he will be healed. So we kind of have that in our story. But they did not have that. They did not have the end game. They did actually not know. They thought, all right, he didn't listen. And even today, we're, the same spirit lives in us. Sometimes the spirit tells you to run, go for it, pour yourself out. Sometimes it tells you to stop, do nothing. We do not know the end game like same story with, with Jesus and Lazarus. We don't know. It's out of our control. They wanted him to do something. And for some reason, his father did not want him to do it in the same pace. A lot of us could even be tired and be burning out because we're doing things with great intentions that God never asks us to do. Think about that. John Wimber is a founder of Vineyard, a prophetic man, and did a lot of great things, writing music and teachings. And he, he gives this story. He says that I was, have been preaching for months. I've been traveling, preaching, and now I'm at this conference. I'm so close to be burning out. And he's, this is his, what he says. He's like, and I cried out to God one night, like, God. What am I doing here at this conference? I'm burning out. He says, God answers, I don't know. I didn't ask you to do this. <laughs> Interesting. God often has to tell us, be still, stop, cease striving. Don't be so busy. Sit with me. Understand who I am and then I will lead. Sometimes God whispers to me, stop, it's okay, wait. Sometimes he says, now, go. For me, like I said, it's easier to listen to God when he says, stop. I'm quite good at that. It's a little bit more difficult for me when he says, go. <laughs> and I'm aware of that. So I try to kind of keep that in my prayers and in my time with God. But it's, but it's true. Uh, John Wesley, a man of God who changed the 
church history, he put it like this, talking about keeping in step. Though I am always in a haste, I am never in a hurry, because I never undertake more work than I can go through with calmness of spirit. This is his way of saying keeping in step. I'm going to come to an end, and I can ask the, the musicians to come up. Yes, you are welcome. So, I want to say, you and me, you will reap a harvest from what you are currently sowing in your life. And I want to challenge you to be aware of the pace that you might tend to align yourself with. As an indicator, sometimes it helps thinking like this. Like, if I think like this, if I keep up this pace that I'm doing currently, if I change nothing, just keep that pace, how would that feel? Where would I be in one year, in two years, in ten, time, ten years if I don't change anything? Sometimes that's an indicator of where are we now. And engaging in God's mission, what this series is all about. Engaging in God's mission at the wrong pace can lead us all to throw ourselves into deep needs, become overwhelmed by the very thing we're giving ourselves to helping. And the world around us does not need angry, snappy, anxious, stressed out Christians. I don't know if you ever met someone like that. <laughs> Sometimes in the mirror, I kind of, whoa. This world does not need angry, snappy, anxious, stressed out Christian. This world needs people like Jesus who are joy-filled and relaxed. Who also walk and work with God at a sacred pace. Looking at fatal pace, complacent pace, and sacred pace. And first step would be to be aware of your own default pace. What do I tend to? And just reflect with me in prayer a little bit. I just want to read up some prayers and just keep them. Be, be with me in prayer as I just pray this. And after that, we're just going to look at word and then we are done. God, is this something I keep running after? that you never ask me to do. God, do I give room for your input, for your whisper? Or am I just being pushed forward by obligation or expectation? Do I just respond to need? God, am I exhausted because I am chasing, chasing after the things that the pagans are chasing after? Have I let that dictate to me the pace of which my life should be run? Or God, am I now being invited forward by you to actually break complacency? God, is there some steps you are calling me to take? People, family, situations, or in church? God, I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit right now will work on our hearts. And be here. We seek you. I'm just going to end up and hand it over by reading Matthew 11, 28, 30, message version. This is Jesus' words to us, every one of us. 
and stay in prayer, stay in, in we're going to go into worship. He says, Jesus, are you tired? Are you burned out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will not lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you learn to live freely and lightly. God, we just hand over the rest of this service to you and our lives to you right now. Amen.